0: This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports.
1: Glad to have you on a Tuesday Drive. Where the big news of the day is that the ACC is going to expand its scope on conference office locations. That they're going to look outside of Greensboro, examine other locations, figure out what's best for them. They still say in the release, there's a chance they might stay in Greensboro. There isn't. This is the final straw. I no longer have any optimism that the ACC will choose to do the right thing and to remain in the triad. It seems pretty clear. They're likely gonna to move to Charlotte. They have these six bullet points that they included in terms of interested cities for this firm that they're using as a fall guide to do exactly what the university presidents want, Newmark, and those six bullet points are located within the Eastern time zone. Population size with positive growth trends. Growth and diversity of population. Access to a large hub airport and effective accessibilities to and and from all ACC members. Anticipated benefit to the overall ACC plan and potential synergies to existing and prospective partners. Financial considerations related to operational expenses. Translation, it's Charlotte. You look at financial considerations. ESPN has a branch out of Charlotte and Packer and Durham do their show from Charlotte. And they have the ACC championship in Charlotte. This is a slow-moving decision that's been in line for a while, and the reason this happens now is because there's a new commissioner. John Swafford, would have never done this as the ACC commish. He would have never done it as a triad native, as somebody who knows, actually knows, the history of this league as well as anybody, not just tells David Teal it, saying he understands what May of 1953 means, as if he was alive to see it. No. John Swafford would have never done this. And I'm not even going to blame Jim Phillips either. I'm not. I didn't like those comments. I'm not going to blame Commissioner Phillips because... He's a new commissioner. When I asked him about this a few weeks ago at Tip-Off, he felt trapped. It seemed like he felt trapped with the answer. And it was the longest answer he gave to any question at the forum that day. Because he knew where this was headed. And he made sure to point out that when he visited all 15 institutions, this was an issue that was brought up time and time again. And I can guarantee you, 100% guarantee based on the people that I've talked to at ACC members, not just in the state of North Carolina, both on the university side and in the athletic side, it was not the founding members who were pushing for this. It's the former Big East members that probably heard what Jim Boeheim said a few years ago about Greensboro and agreed with it. And there are people that have power. There are more former Big East members in this league now than there are founding members of the league and you have a new commissioner who's in a tough spot because his job is to represent the interest of those university presidents In the same way that commissioner Goodell at times has to be a meat shield for the terrible things that NFL owners do. He might have to do that when the Carolina Panthers initiate a trade for Deshaun Watson might have to be that meat shield for David Tepper. A new commissioner in school saw an opportunity for a power grab. That's what this is. University presidents that do not like that they have to talk to some of their fans unhappy about a connecting flight into Greensboro. I don't think it's about anything more than that. They don't like what Greensboro represents because they don't understand it. They're not founding members of this league. They're not parts of the tradition of this league. The description that I just described to you, it makes it obvious. They're looking at Charlotte, but it's a compromise. That's how the ACC is going to sell it. We're not leaving North Carolina. We're not leaving our roots. We're not leaving our history when really you are. If you go to the city of Charlotte and you listen to their sports talk station over there, they're not talking ACC. They're talking about the Carolina Panthers. They're talking about national stuff because that market, that city, that city, has so many transplants into it that it's it's not, you don't think ACC basketball when you think of the Queen City. You don't. You don't think ACC hoops when you think AC, when you think the city is Charlotte. I've been there for ACC tournaments. When I get into a cab on my way to the arena, and the cab driver asks me, what are you here for? What's at the Coliseum? Celine Dion in, in town or something? <laughs> they don't have any idea that the ACC tournament is in town. That would never happen in Greensboro. And the reaction that I've seen on social media, it's predictable. Anybody who's outside of the triad says, great, why were they in Greensboro in the first place? Folks in the state, in Charlotte, in Raleigh, are saying, why does this even matter? And it's just us here. It's just us here saying that, It matters because the folks in Greensboro care about it. And I'm not just talking about those who might have to relocate who are in the conference offices in Grandover. No, I'm talking about folks from Greensboro who so much of this sports city is identified with the ACC. They are linked together. The sports identity of the city of Greensboro is linked closely with this conference. So when you grow up a sports fan in the in the triad, the idea that you don't like ACC basketball or that you don't care about the ACC, it is foreign. And that's why a lot of people today, and a lot of people the last few months, since the story first appeared when Jim Phillips gave those quotes to the ACC or to the, the David Teal of the Richmond Times-Dispatch, they feel betrayed. They feel betrayed, and I don't blame them. It's a mistake. Greensboro would have bent over backwards. They still will to do whatever the ACC wants. If you want to move out of the building in Grandover and find a better place that's closer to restaurants than where that currently is, then yeah, they would do that. And I know that. And we've seen the mayor and those close to the the Coliseum, city leaders, They've said they do whatever it takes. And nobody in Charlotte or any other city in that matter cares about this issue, cares about this league as much as Greensboro does. And then for that reason, it's a mistake to move it. And I'm not moving off of that position. On Twitter at WSJS Sports. 336-777-1600. Staying in the Triad Sports Scene. Aside from a Wake Forest win, there's only one thing I want to see at Truist Field Saturday afternoon. It's not putting up style points ahead of the first college football playoff ball, which, by the way, comes out in a week. It's not an improved defensive performance after allowing 56 against the Army option at West Point. No, I'm looking at Wake Forest fans and really college football fans in the triad as a whole that's listening to my voice right now. I want to see a sold-out Truist field in Winston-Salem. The capacity is less than 32,000. It's not only possible, I think it should happen. The opponent really shouldn't matter in this. I didn't mention Duke there, but they are playing Duke. Duke's not really good. Their fans don't really travel that well for football, we know. But part of me's glad it's Duke. Because I want to see Wake Forest fans show out. And for that crowd to be sold out, and to be sold out because of the Deeks, Not because of the opponent they play. You see that sometimes with smaller schools. in their promotion... Make sure you come out to see the Deeks because they're playing Clemson, because they're playing NC State and North Carolina. Not to see the Deeks. while you look at a place like Appalachian State. They played Elon in their home opener. They sold that game out because they want to see the Mountaineers. They had the fourth largest crowd they ever had when Coastal came to town a week ago. They want to see the Mountaineers. They're huge fans. They're going to go support that team. The last sellout Wake Forest has ever had, was against Clemson in 2018. And I was at that game, and it was all Tiger fans. And for good reason. Clemson was going to win and win by a ton. They won 63-3. to They were close in 2019, a Friday night game against North Carolina. Against NC State, they were a couple hundred away from selling that game out. There's no excuse not to sell out this one. Oh, but they're a small small school, Josh. It's going to be difficult. It's a small school. It's homecoming weekend. A lot of alums from Wake Forest that are going to be in town. I'm sure they'd like to go to a football game, and I'm sure they'd like to root on the 13th ranked team in the country in the AP poll. It might be too early. Is it a noon kick? Is it a late game? Is it a 7 or 8 o'clock? I have kids at home. I don't know if I'd be able to make a late game. It's at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Wherever you're at, if you're in the state of North Carolina, there's no excuse. You can get to Truist Field and make a 4 o'clock kick, is it going to rain? Looking at the forecast, there's no rain. And it's a beautiful time of year weather-wise. No excuses not to sell this game out. The kids deserve it, too. If you live in the triad and like football, how often do you get to see the number 13 ranked team in America playing right in your backyard? And obviously, because they haven't sold out any games in the last few years, Tickets a little bit more affordable. We're going to be giving away tickets tomorrow and on Thursday's show. I'll give Wake this. Student turnout been a lot better this year. And I look at something that Wake put out earlier today. They sold out of all their four packs. They had these packages going out. That's a good sign. It would really bum me out if they don't sell out this game. It would. Because the kids deserve it. You got a great coach. Small f- school be damned it's homecoming weekend it's the number 13 ranked team in the country it's in the middle of the day a perfect time to have the game they should sell out Truist field
0: a man is a lunatic smells like a gym bag the drive with josh graham on wsjs sports i'm all about delivering
1: on teases immediately hayes permar's in studio with us here Tell us about the time you met Sarah Jessica Parker. It
2: wasn't even that big of a deal. I was uh, She was actually appearing with Matthew Broderick in How to Succeed in Business on Broadway. And I didn't know this was a thing. Now, like, the stage door, like, waiting by the back door, it's like a whole thing. Like, you know, you, I mean, in Hamilton, some people go to the show and then, like, wait an hour for the people to come out. But, like, you know, these actors are real people and they got to exit the building somewhere. So I had gone to their show and I was actually waiting for a friend who had gone to see another show that didn't finish for 20 minutes or so. So I'm just leaning up against the building after a matinee and this door opens and out walks Matthew Roger, Sarah, Jessica Parker. And I was like, Hey, you guys are great. And they said, thanks. And uh, that was about it.
1: That does count as a meeting. Yeah. You said something to them and then they acknowledged you back. I don't do autographs.
2: Yeah. No, we did. They said, thank you. Uh, yeah, I probably said a couple more. I was like, Oh, I'm a huge fan. You guys were great. I really enjoyed the show. And they said, thank
1: you. Yeah. Robert, what is the cut line on what warrants a meeting? I think you have to say something and somebody says something back. That counts as a meeting. Not you going to a football game and yelling something at Tom Brady going through the tunnel and Tom Brady ignoring you. No, that's not meeting. If Tom then looks at you and says, hey, thank you so much for that, I think that counts as a meeting. Uh, Or does proximity count where you have to be within a certain range of that person? uh,
0: I would, I would good, say good. that there are two things to qualify for a meeting. One would be a greeting, like, hello, hey, how's it going? And two would be like a handshake, a fist bump, uh, like an exchange of physical pleasantries.
1: Oh, so it's kind of like the way a sentence is created, where you have to have
0: a... Subject a and a predicate. That's
1: right. So you have to have an introduction, some type of <laughs> greeting... And then there has to be some substance in there. Would they recognize you
0: a day later and be like, "Hey, I met Uh, you yesterday"? I don't think.
2: I don't think that's. uh, I
1: don't
0: think that's that's necessary.
2: necessary. Yeah, yeah, but um, but I see where you're going with that. Here's my question: Is like, do you count it as a meeting if it's like a range? If all they're there to do is sign book autographs, and yeah, you wait in line, and at one point you're one of the 250 people that they, you know, has. Is that a meeting? Meet and greet is in the title, but I think I think you've got to clarify if you if i said i met sarah jessica parker and i came back and said yes she had a book signing at a uh, quill ridge i'm not gonna lie man i sat in line for two hours i feel like you i have was to...
1: disappointed by your story i thought there would actually
2: like i, I hung was, out with her it was
1: borderline not a meeting between you no no sarah jessica parker we were
2: the only two people in the street like they were talking to me i was talking <laughs> to them i'm it picturing was...
1: alleyway younger Hayes permar with like a black leather jacket standing there i was and just going out a side door as they're walking out they probably thought you were a drug dealer.
2: No, I, no, I was just surprised. I was, I was looking dapper. I had just gone to the theater. Um, now I've seen hey, drug like,
0: dealers I've, can look dapper too. Hayes, <laughs> that's
2: true. I've seen, I've seen Chris Rock from like Caddy Corner across, but like I wouldn't, I would not say I've met Chris Rock though, right? Yeah. Um, how about this? Like I played basketball. I was telling somebody this story the other day. I played basketball with Dwayne Wade when I was in New York. Not Dwayne Wade. Sorry, Damon Wayans. My got mixed up there. I played basketball. <laughs> Played basketball with the whole Wayans family, but like (laughs) I don't know which one of them I met or shook hands with, but I played ball with them like a couple times.
1: Does this count as a meeting? I'm in a Hartford, Connecticut hotel gym, okay, and standing next to me is Nikki Bella, who at that point is she still married to John Cena?
0: No. Not anymore. Not even close. She broke well, his heart.
1: She's one of the famous uh, are, are, female wrestlers that are out there. Are you
2: running on the treadmill beside each other? No, I, I was lifting some I don't weights. Think that counts. I was lifting some weights. <laughs> Come and she, on. She asked me. I doubt this story she already. Hand, <laughs> she asked me to
1: hand. She asked me to hand her something. Ooh. Hey, hand so then me that I gave weight to you're her. using. It was <laughs> hand no me that
0: one pound. Thing. <laughs> I didn't
1: know who she was. Yeah. I, I don't follow wrestling. I learned after the fact. Did I meet Nikki Bella? Since she asked me to no. hand her something, yeah. you didn't know, and you know, I didn't know. I said, who she was. And she said hey, thank you. No,
2: and you didn't know who she was at the time. I don't think you can meet but her. But I met her. No, nah, 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 nah. I don't think so. You can't. She meet didn't introduce strangers? herself.
0: You didn't even know who she was then. You had to wait for John Jansen to tell you who she was. And again, this story, this whole
2: story is sus because it it's <laughs> it built on the fact that Josh Graham <laughs> lifts weights on the road. Now maybe he, maybe he does just because they're like glass gyms and he wants his, people to walk by and see him lifting weights. <laughs> but I I don't know about this. <laughs> Let's get to sports. Hayes (laughs) hanging out with us here. I'd be surprised
1: if it's not a Wake Forest-Pittsburgh-ACC championship at this point. My
2: my undefeated Deeks?
1: I'm starting to arrive at there's a real chance they could make the playoff now. Because this past weekend, it's not just Wake Forest has a chance. It's Wake Forest dropped 70. How many do you need to score to beat this Clemson team? Boston College has fallen apart, so those two road games at the end don't look as daunting anymore. You're gonna beat Duke at home this weekend. Yep. NC State loses two of their better players for the year, Isaiah Moore and Sanders Avala, and we saw them go on the road. They're a different team when playing on the road, especially in Winston Salem.
2: But you're still not taking that for granted. I'm not taking it for but, granted. But things got things look a little bit better. And I'm yeah. not
1: taking Clemson and Boston College for granted either. yep But all of those games, I think leading up to it, Wake Forest is going to be a favorite in every single one of those games. Maybe short of the game that scares me the most. Not this weekend, but next weekend in Chapel Hill. Just because of style of play in Keenan Stadium. And if you're North Carolina, this, just from the optics of it, Wake Forest it, it could be entering that game as a top 10 ranked team in the country facing a team that was preseason top 10.
2: Uh, and and you also know you're going to get UNC's like best shot, hundred percent. Wake Wake beat them last year, correct? Yes, am I right on that memory? I don't like to say things. Declaratively last year and be it wrong was fifty nine to
1: 53. But It was a great game. So hundred and twelve points were scored.
2: UNC's going to want revenge for that. Max, no, 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 no. North Carolina won that's, the that's, game. Uh, okay, uh, all right. So North it's Carolina be, won the game. Uh, my bad, my bad. I got that one wrong. So they, they but they know it's going to be a great atmosphere and a great game. Yep. This with their original aspirations, you know, gone. You can you, salvage something. Max going to be talking up the state championship. Beat Wake, beat state. State season falls apart, and we ruined Wake's. You know, things aren't so bad. Already We're still the top Duke. dog, right? Exactly. Um, so, you, know, yes, I agree with you that that might be the, the, the toughest game or the biggest hurdle left on their schedule. The, the but, only but, but let's go back to the beginning where you came around and you said, did I hear you say, yes. like I've been saying for weeks, an undefeated Wake Forest should make the college football playoff, right? Yeah, I think so. But I've been having this
1: conversation with friends of mine in college football, and I'm thinking they're they're asking me questions like Alabama, if they beat Georgia in the SEC title game, Alabama, Georgia with both of them with one loss, Georgia not an SEC champion, but their one loss is to Bama, do both of those teams get over and over unbeaten Wake Forest? Probably. And I think yeah. So who are the other two? So the other two, you look at a Big Ten champion. Michigan and Michigan State are both unbeaten right now. They play each other this weekend.
2: So one of them will stay unbeaten.
1: Right. And if you're a Wake Forest fan, I think you want to root for Michigan State. Or excuse me, you want to root for Michigan to win? Because Michigan has to still play Ohio State, has to play Penn State still. That is a brutal stretch they still have remaining. Michigan State, it's a little bit lighter their path, if I remember correctly. And
2: then who else? Who else? Oklahoma's unbeaten no, right now. Get Oklahoma out of well, here. Well, they haven't lost. They're undefeated. Yeah, Wake's, be- the Wake's better. Wake should be ranked higher than Oklahoma right now. They're on. They're at least on their same starting quarterback.
1: Wake Forest is, and the AP <laughs> poll it made me mad. They were a spot ranked below Kentucky. Kentucky lost. Yeah. By twenty points to Georgia, and they haven't beaten anybody. But they put them above the Deeks. None of that matters because in a week, the first college football playoff rankings going to be released. It'll be fascinating to see where uh, Wake Forest is. I think NC State and Wake are the two teams I could see winning the Atlantic at this point. I'm out on Clemson. They've proven absolutely nothing this year. On the other side, the Pitt Panthers. My Pitt Panthers. Yeah, yes. Get on the train, Hayes Permar. The Pitt Panther train. There's there's,
2: there's no room room left on the train because you're occupying all the seats. All I saw was tweets this weekend from... Josh Graham reminding people. Oh, let me go Spiking pull the, the video. Football. Let me go pull the video of me talking about Pitt. Oh, me, does anybody else have audio of me talking about Pitt? Let me get it up <laughs> on Twitter.
1: Spiking the football. Pitt is in full control. There's only one team, though, that I'll give a shot at potentially still winning the Coastal Division: the Virginia Cavaliers. You look at Virginia's schedule right now. I think they only have to play two more ACC games the rest of the way. Now, And how many losses do they have? They have two losses. Uh, They've lost to North UNC. Carolina, and they lost to Wake Forest. Those are their two losses. This week, they play BYU, not ACC game. Notre Dame, not an ACC game. Their two remaining ACC games are against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. And then Virginia Tech, obviously. Virginia Tech. So if Pitt loses, and Pitt still has to play North Carolina on a Thursday night, if Virginia wins the head-to-head and Pitt loses another game... They a sudden, have a shot, yeah. but it's still, it is still obviously pits to, uh, to lose and they're in tremendous position and that would be a worthy title game for this year. You consider how crazy things have been across college football, 51 ranked teams losing in eight weeks and all these upsets that we've seen, it'd be a worthy ACC championship game to have. In fact, when's the last time we've had an ACC championship game where there wasn't an overwhelming favorite to win? That's what Pitt and Wake Forest would be. Everyone involving Clemson and Florida State the last well, decade have been was,
2: heavy-handed favorites. What was the Clemson-UNC one? At the time, UNC was on a 10-game ah, win streak or something. That might so be were, the one. They were, they were they were pretty good. Now, Wake, Wake, if you were, uh, as much as so at I... At least the first
1: one in the last six
2: years. Yeah, yeah. As much as I say an undefeated Wake Forest team won't be kept out of the college football playoff, it would behoove them to meet, like, a top 15 Pitt team in the championship to help... Booster their resume when all the yeah. conversation is going on, right? They so have
1: not beaten a ranked team this they've year. Gotta,
2: they've got to be big Pitt fans um, and then hope they come out and deliver against Pitt so that undefeated Wake Forest can go to the college football playoff. Hey, you would you would go, wouldn't you? Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> I'll be there, wherever that's at. Even though I've got plans on New Year's in Baltimore, I'll figure it out.
2: I mean, if Wake Forest goes to the college football playoff, I might go there. I got no connection to the school other than they're in, they used to be in Wake Forest. That's, I go play golf at the Pasco Golf the Club. I'm the city of Wake Forest. Out there, like that's my closest connection to that. I've got. I've got some friends who go there, right? Kind of my dorkier friends, but you know, my friends. But I would, I might go because that would be such a sight.
1: It really would be. Oh, I really hope that happens. I, I think Pittsburgh's a slightly more talented team than Wake Forest is, but Wake Forest hasn't lost. Wake Western Michigan beat Pittsburgh, even though. Kenny Pickett threw for six touchdowns in that game. They still lost that game somehow. Um, Wake Forest, they deserve to be the best team in the ACC currently, and I really do hope they sell out this game on Saturday. They play Duke. I get it. Duke's not going to bring a lot of fans to the game, especially with them not being any good. But you, it's homecoming weekend. It's 4 o'clock. What's the weather? I don't know what the weather is. Let's
2: check it. Let's check it. Keep Let's talking. check the weather.
1: Saturday, we're getting IT I'm on this. It. That's an important deal here. We're giving away tickets to this game. See, that's why I keep tomorrow. a weather, weatherman
2: on staff at Sports Channel 8. So and on know, Thursday. I don't to do these things. Yeah,
1: you could just text the Weather Moose, who's a friend of yours, who can help us out on this. What do you got for Saturday? Uh,
2: hold on. Ten, ten days. Saturday, partly cloudy. High of 63, though. Doesn't look like any rain. No excuse. Looks pretty good to me.
1: Small school homecoming weekend. Thirteenth ranked team in the country. And I'm not just calling on Wake fans. I'm calling on college football fans in the triad, getting to see a top fifteen ranked team in the country. That how many opportunities do you get to see that within an hour and a half of where you're at? Aside of North Carolina being given that for no reason that they earned on the football
2: field. No, it's uh I'm like I said, I will definitely go to the college football playoff if, if Wake's there.
1: ACC championship game, you're I there
2: may too. Cons- I may consider an ACC championship game, but but darn it, I need to get over to uh, is, it, is it Truist Field now? Yeah, Truist Field. The last oh. time you were there was Billy Joel concert for, with me. That's true, good times.
0: Was it good? What, what are they
2: doing another concert at Wake? We got an undefeated football team. And we can't get another big name star on town.
0: Come on, Josh, let's hear it. He was hawking these tickets earlier. Who they got coming up to Wake this year for homecoming? I honestly don't know who they are. Ah, I I remember... Pull, his, I remember pull, his, pull his payment. Pull his They, payment. Had,
2: they brought in T-Pain for a homecoming show one Not time. Not a homecoming show. I mean another, like, stadium show. Yeah. Like, that's what I need. Get the Rolling Stones in town. Come on, Winston. You're
0: blowing up. You're big time. Get the Stones to stop through. Wallace Wade got the Stones once upon a time. Wow. And my grandpa did, too. He said it hurt like hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's weird. Live with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports.
1: I just realized, Robert, I had not gotten to the clip of a Hall of Fame quarterback perhaps delivering the worst take about the Carolina Panthers that I've ever heard. That person is Terry Bradshaw. Oh, by the way, in less than 15 minutes, Jordan Martinook at the Carolina Hurricanes is going to join the show. Terry Bradshaw was doing his Fox pregame show after the Carolina Panthers. Have the Hurricanes on the mind, Robert. Got that goal horn and everything on my mind. After that 5-0 start, the Canes returning home last night. Got a big win. Start of a four-game homestand. Real excited about the Canes. But the Carolina Panthers... The Carolina Panthers were who Terry Bradshaw was talking about. And this is what he had to say before the Panthers-Cowboys game that started this four-game losing streak.
0: What we're seeing now with back-to-back 300 games from Darnold is this, a guy that can play the position, a guy that's accurate, a guy that has everything I want to see in a quarterback. I think Charlotte has hit on the greatest quarterback in their franchise history.
1: (laughs) Here's the part that bums me out a little. You and I, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. How many former players appreciate, like, or actually guys who are in the league right now appreciate how much of a baller Terry Bradshaw was once upon a time? Or do they just think of this guy whose pigeonholed as being this goofy hunky dory son of a gun? Southern guy,
0: who at times says crazy things on television. I I don't know if I agree that he's a baller. Like I know he won Super Bowls or whatever. Four. He won four Super Bowls, but his overall touchdown interception rate is two hundred twelve to two ten.
1: Different time, sure, different Joe time. Na- but the Joe would Namath call, numbers.
0: I would not call him. I would not call Joe Namath a baller. When we talked about kicking people out of the Hall of Fame. Bradshaw and Namath were two of the guys I brought up. If you win four Super Bowls as a quarterback, you should yeah, be in the okay. Hall of Fame. I, d- I don't think so. With that cast of characters, he was not that good. He just wasn't that good. But anyway, I digress. I, I don't know if people know that he is that guy, but he, that's what he gets cast as now. He's only the goofy guy. He's I, I don't know if I said this when we were talking about it the other day. He's the Gary Busey of the NFL football. He's the guy that everybody's like, oh, look look how crazy and wacky this guy is.
1: There he is reading
0: highlights at halftime and messing up names from Ah, time to time. Got Ah, him. He's old. Yeah, I feel really bad for Terry Bradshaw. He's on all these commercials for like old people losing weight and old people libido. And like win Terry's money. Yeah, win Terry's money. Like, oh, Terry doesn't, he doesn't care if he's doing this again. Like, and like shingles commercials. Like, I, I just feel bad for him. Do you know he used to be a country music singer? I uh, He's got the jaw for it. See if you can find one of
1: his songs, and we can revisit that in a second. That's just a really bad Carolina Panthers take that he had a few weeks ago. In the meantime, as Robert digs that up, the World Series starts tonight. Really strong pitching matchup that we have between Valdez and Morton. Intern Nick he follows baseball as closely as anybody I know. Him and Darren Vat. Darren will be in here in a couple of days. Nick thinks that the Braves are going to win this in seven. My gut feeling says it's going to be Houston, though. I've been picking against Houston this entire postseason, and I've been dead wrong. And a lot of it's wishful thinking because they're cheaters. The guys on that team were busted for cheating. And... It's They are a natural villain, which is why this is a perfect World Series. You've got the easy team to root for in Atlanta. Great story. Have not been to the World Series in 22 years. Great fan base. TBS, the entire deal. You have a lot of fans. They're the most important team in the state of North Carolina. So it's reasonably to say, it's reasonable to say, that this might be the most important World Series in 22 years here in the state of North Carolina. And you lose Okuno Jr., you're not in first place in the middle of the year, yet you still win the NL East the way that they did. It's a wonderful story. You talk about what Rosario has done and Dansby Swanson. Guys just stepping up. I can't help but root for the Atlanta Braves, but I feel like everybody outside of the city of Houston's rooting for the Atlanta Braves. The Astros are just that hateable. But I'm taking Houston to win the series. Robert, were you able to find any of that Terry Bradshaw? Anything good? I haven't listened to any of the music. I remember you'd see some of it featured like on NFL films back when, when Terry had hair and it was the latter days of his playing career. Have you found anything?
0: Nah, I couldn't find anything. What do you got? I hope he doesn't just start cussing. That'd be great, actually. I told actually. my to be patient with me. I'll slow it down and find some time, you'll see. Let's go! Just been with you in these bundles of joy. What's this called? Well, my wish came through but it wasn't by choice. This is a quarantine crazy. this time crazy. with him has sure been a blessing.
3: Ahead of his just time. I think it came out
0: last 24/7. year during the quarantine. Oh, it it did? It was fun for a week. Admit it. He's got a great voice. i cabin fever's proud just lend quarantine crazy. I'm talking straight jack lately. Another day or two my praying be. All right. I'm going quarantine crazy. That was better than I thought it would be. It's better than that uh referee or that umpire or whoever the hell used to Mean Joe West or something like that? Cowboy Joe West. Yeah, North his, can't is, a legend. his is awful. I would take Terry 10 times out of 10. <laughs> it had
1: all those baseball puns in it. Yeah, it's pretty good. A lot better than that take he had on Sam Darnold a few weeks back.
0: Well, I mean, let's be honest. After three games, everybody had bad takes. We had a show literally two weeks ago called Leave Sam Alone. That's true. Like we we, we can't show. make fun of him too much. Like you thought the Panthers would make the playoffs. Like everybody had bad takes. Like Terry mm-hmm. is just in the group of bad takes. Let's try not to make the same mistake about
1: another Charlotte team that started three and O. The Hornets, first time in franchise history, started three and Then they lose last night in overtime. Jalen Brown, who boy, did you see that dunk that he had over Miles Bridges? Yeah, that was a soul snatcher. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty intense. But LaMelo Ball had his fair share of highlights to the point where I think they're going to break Aaron Collins. I know you hate it when we do this because...
0: I do. He's not going to get broken. This is his job. Literally, his job is to be excited about these things. He's doing a fantastic job. He does a really good He is really not going job. to fail. He is not going to die. He is not going to lose his voice. This is what he does. He's not new to this. He's true to this. Eric Collins is good at what he does. As proof of that, here's a LaMelo Ball highlight
1: from last night.
0: He's a game shooter, though. I watch him warm up every game. He yes. didn't shoot like that in warm up. Nice. Look at that. Full Look length pass. Yeah. Touchdown!
1: LaMelo! A full length pass. Sam Darnold or Terry Bradshaw just said that Charlotte has found the best quarterback in that city's history. And his name's LaMelo Ball. Yeah, right city, wrong sport. Let's hear another play-by-play cut. This is LaMelo feeding Miles Bridges.
0: He brings to this year's club. Bridges. Oh, my goodness! Runs it down with a right hand! Mm. That's athleticism, creativity, to pass by LaMelo.
1: It just hit me. It's very professional wrestling, isn't it? The way that Miles Bridges dunks, you would think that Miles Bridges just snatched
3: a man in half!
0: Yeah, he's very pro wrestling. I mean, it sounds just the excitement and getting up for it, and that's not something like he doesn't just do it for like the moment. It's like the moment after, and he carries that energy instead of just being like, and then going right back to puke voice every other uh, play-by-play guy does. That's a broadcasty thing—the puke voice, where you're you're just like, like pushing everything out of your body. Yeah.
1: I'm not going to try and imitate a puke voice today.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad we're growing. You want to hear the rest of this Terry Bradshaw song?
1: Yeah. Can we can we go to break with that while I'm teasing this? Later. All right. Come in and like the last roll of After a 5 and 0 start. Kane's forward Jordan Martin is going to join the show next on the drive.
0: Later. Another day or two my Dude, you are so money, but you don't even know it. But you do. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports.
2: Oh, that's
1: right. Jordan Martinuk now joining us, Carolina Hurricanes forward. A big, proud, Nickelback fan. I think about a dozen years ago, it would have been very unpopular to say that you were a fan of Nickelback, but I think people are starting to come around, not just on the Canes who were 5-0 and to start the season, but on Nickelback as well. Do you get that sense, Marty?
3: Uh, I think Nickelback's been a mainstay for the music industry for many years, so um, I'm, I'm pleading the fifth. I've been a fan since day one, and I'll be a fan for the rest of my life.
1: See, I get that, and, I, and I, I'm saying that's an awesome thing for you to remain consistent. You and I have this in common in that we, ha- we have bands that we love that were not popular to love at one point. I'm a Coldplay fan. I'm going to go see them in L.A. next year, and it was always popular to throw out the 40-year-old virgin line why somebody likes Coldplay. You throw that out there. So I, do people, did people used to clown you for liking Nickelback?
3: Uh no, I'm from Alberta. Nickelback from Alberta. It's uh, just part of growing up and back home. It's that's just part of your musical heritage. If you don't like Nickelback, then you better move out of the out of the province.
1: <laughs> Jordan Martinuk with us here. The Canes they're off to a five and zero start, tying a franchise record in terms of best start in the team's history. Uh, Marty, this roster it looks so different than the one last year. In what area do you think this team has upgraded most based on the moves that were made?
3: I think just depth everywhere. Um, I think you got four lines that can play with anybody. You got all, you got RD is RD. I feel like my first year here, when I came in, it was, everybody was like RD, RD. And I think it's kind of gotten back to that. Um, our defense is just incredible and, um, and then you look at what Freddie's done. He's been, he's been as advertised, if not better than, um, what you could even imagine. So, um, it's been, it's been kind of all cylinders have been clicking. So we just got to keep, keep that going. And I think there's still another level that, that can be reached with our team for sure.
1: Be honest with me last week in Montreal, how cool was it to get that win for Kaken Niemi for Sebastian Ajo and for those guys to play such central roles in it?
3: Yeah, I I think for KK it was pretty cool to come back and be able to be able to win uh, with his old team, and I think he was, he's was getting booed pretty good, and it's uh, it's always nice to win when um, the crowd's against you.
1: I'd like to know this. Jordan Martinooks with us here from the five and O Carolina Hurricanes. You are such an energy guy on this team. So last year, were there more times you found now that we're reflecting on what that pandemic season was? where you found yourself having to pick up the squad to pick up those rooms without fans, the energy of the fans being in the building?
3: Uh, I think a little bit, but for the most part, our, I think our organization, or our division, sorry, that we were in last year, um, maybe had the first month of the season we were without fans. And then for the, for the most part, it was, uh, it was, it uh, it was uh, back to normal from from then on we or at least at least partially filled buildings so that was uh it, it wasn't as hard as other uh, other divisions i guess i had friends playing the canadian division and um i don't think i would have been able to handle that that's for sure
1: which road trip did you miss the most marty since you only had like given teams that you could go to last year which road trip do you miss the most
3: uh, i missed the western canadian one i missed the Vegas one obviously. Um <laughs> yeah, those are those are probably my two. Um obviously going back Western Canada, seeing seeing my family, it's it's big and um yeah, I, I really missed uh miss playing in front of them and seeing them.
1: Where's the place you go when you're in Vegas?
3: <laughs> uh wherever the tables are the cheapest.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, what's your game though? See, I I'm terrible. I am awful at all, all and the craps. games okay blackjack and
3: yeah. who's
1: okay tell me your pet peeve then if you're at the table who's the guy you're playing with that you're most frustrated with when you're playing let's say blackjack
3: um i don't really get frustrated i'm just there for a good time and hopefully i don't lose too much <laughs> uh,
1: what's the most you ever lost
3: um i don't know if i should say that
1: <laughs> okay that's fair maybe later yeah. on when, when yeah. we're past the statute of limitations on that. Jordan Martinook, <laughs> uh five and oh start. Man, the vibe's really good in that building. And I gotta imagine I was there on opening night when you got your goal. Um your only goal you've had so far this year, I believe. Uh the vibe of that building, what's the, the emotion you feel when you see that place packed to the brim after what last year was?
3: Yeah, it's just I feel like whenever our fans are incredible and they came out when we were in the playoffs last year and it was back to normal a little bit last year, but just being, being able to have them there and hear them cheer. It's, it's, it just, it's what hockey, hockey's all about.
1: Marty, thank you so much for making the time. We'll talk with you somewhere down the line. I'm sure.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks guys.
1: There you go. That's Jordan Martin, Carolina Hurricanes, joining us here on WSJS Sports.